I am Rob Burgess. I'm the news editor at Nuvo. Uh, a little background about myself. Uh, I was born here in Indiana. I have worked at the Martinsville Reporter Times. I've worked at the Times Mail in Bedford. I uh, then, from 2007 to 2010, I lived in Northern California. Uh, was in Ukiah, California, worked for the Ukiah Daily Journal, Ukiah Valley Television, right in the heart of the Emerald Triangle, you may know that. Um, and then I've been back in Indiana since 2010. I freelanced for uh, Nouveau back in 2010 and 2011, worked for the Kokomo Tribune as the city editor. I was also the managing editor of the Indiana Lawyer, and I've been back at Nouveau since July. So that's a little bit about myself. I've written about uh, the State House uh, in December and January for Nouveau, about cannabis and what's coming with the legislation. Spoiler alert, not much, but um, that's, that's what's going on right now with me. Uh, I'll let these uh, guys introduce themselves, uh, whoever wants to start. I'm Brad Slaughter, uh, the, uh, one of the co-owners and operators of CBD Spa. It's a uh, spa beauty and product line. Uh, we'll be opening a actual spa in Sarasota, Florida within the next couple months uh, by the start of Q3. Uh, my background is in uh, cannabis research science and going over through a lot of politics and business. Uh, I ran a cannabis news and media company in California called California Weed Blog. Uh, lead editor and reporter, um, wrote a lot of articles for uh, different bills that were passing, um, whether or not to go for it, what not to go for it, and working with a lot of the head organizations to make sure that the businesses are being dealt with correctly and that proper regulation is getting put through with uh, cannabis. My name's Spencer Wilson, uh, originally from Indiana. Uh, I was an activist here for a while and kind of didn't feel a lot of movement here as much as we did. and. Uh, Kind of shifted things, went up to Michigan, uh, started a processing business up there. We would do edibles and extracts. Uh, wanted to bring some of that skill back and, and help with understanding how to process hemp. Um, starting to work on get, getting our license with uh, Purdue as well so that we can pursue that. And uh, we're also opening up some CBD stores here that are uh, going to do a lot more outreach and education because obviously there's a lot of e-commerce sites that you can go and get CBD but we want to be more of the place where you can come in, you can find out more about the product, find out maybe not that we have something for you, but help you get what you need and, and guide you in the right direction. So uh, definitely trying to get back and help Indiana as much as we can. Uh, my name is Eric. I am director of R&D for Nimaji, uh located in <clears throat> Osceola, Wisconsin. Uh, also, director of R&D for Extract Lab, our sister company. Extract Lab has been in the supercritical carbon dioxide extraction equipment business for several years. Um, and when Wisconsin um, approved hemp cultivation and processing last year or two years ago, we decided to jump into it using our own equipment. So we built a large toll processing toll processing facility, um, refining uh, formulations, and uh, bulk and white labeling facility. Um, we do uh, cannabinoid separations, uh, refining and formulations and analytics. Um, before working for Extract Lab in Nimaji, I was uh, uh, well, my permanent home is in San Diego. I've been in Osceola doing the build-out uh, for this winter. Um, I've been director of a testing lab before that and with several uh, startups in extraction. Um, 
Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm Brandon Pitcher. I'm originally from Indiana as well, and I kind of uh, echo Spencer's sentiments about Indiana moving fast enough. <laughs> I've been involved with the cannabis plant in some way, shape, or form for over 25 years. And uh, I moved to Colorado about five, four or five years ago, started growing our first organic, uh, certified organic CBD farm, and produced the first uh, USDA certified organic CBD extract in America uh, three, four years ago, and kind of grew from there. Currently now we're more, we have a retail store in Kokomo, Indiana, trying to help educate there, um, doing a lot of dinners, events, public type of uh, education as well. So you're more welcome to come to Kokomo if you want and join us. You know? And then uh, we also do contract farms with farmers in six or seven states currently. Right. So when I was talking to these guys about what we wanted to discuss, uh, one of the things that uh, Brad mentioned was that we just needed to define some terms. Because when I was first writing about this, I literally had to just do a list of definitions because people, there's been so much misinformation and people don't understand what these terms mean and they get thrown around a lot. So I made a small list of ones that I'd like to hear the panel define for us if we could. And uh, just, just real quickly, just so before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, do we know what we're talking about? So cannabis, hemp, marijuana, THC, CBD, cannabinoids, terpenes. If there's any others you want to define, go right ahead. But there's just so much confusion, I feel like. So anybody wants to take any of those in any order, go right ahead. Well, I just had a question before the panel. Um, and let me just reiterate, uh, what is the difference between cannabis and hemp? I think that's another panel, actually. Right, oh, right. I don't want to step on anybody's uh, other panel. Quickly, uh, it's... So hemp is, by definition, uh, the government made this definition, and it's, uh, it's a cannabis sativa plant. If, the, if that's the species, sativa plant that's less than 0.3%, dry weight THC. Um, so like I said before, um, all hemp is cannabis, but not all cannabis is hemp. But what kind of cannabis is not hemp? It's the high THC variety. And it's typically what we used to call, before hemp was in vogue, marijuana. But marijuana has, it's, it's got some dark undertones and we're getting away from using that. Um, so um, the other way you can differentiate between the two is you can call the, the drug type, okay? And they're talking about the THC drug in that context and not the CBD drug. So even now, that doesn't even clear up very much, but that's kind of where we're at right now, and I do think we need to come to a consensus on what we call this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can definitely tell it's very regional, and that's what makes it confusing. Like, you can talk to somebody who's in California, and it takes a minute as you talk to them to figure out exactly what they're talking about, because they call it something different. Mm -hmm. So you have to literally dig in and, and really invest yourself to, to understand the regions as well as who you're working with, unfortunately, because there, there definitely needs to be clarification to a standard. You know, we, we all, it's, it is what it is, and there's definitely no standard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Most definitely. Um, part of the confusion, I feel like, uh, has been that Indiana is so new to this, as, as these guys have mentioned, that there hasn't been a lot of movement, and there is movement now, but it's, it's coming very slowly. Um, of course, the, we had the farm bill uh, come through, and, and that federally uh, recognized hemp, is that correct? Is they, they said it was okay for states to decide what to do? Is that how we are right now? It's, yeah, it's, so basically what, what the uh, federal government did was they allowed hemp production to be um, 
regulated through by the states. So okay. they gave the ability to not be uh, policed against for having that classification and also separated um, hemp from uh, the marijuana plant or cannabis plant, uh, what it is under the Controlled Substance Act and separated it from there. However, um, and this is where a lot of misconception comes from, is where people think that all hemp CBD is, is fine, it's legal, it's, it's ready to be sold um, on a recreational basis, which is not true. You have a lot of tinctures, you have edibles, you have dietary supplements that are not allowed through, a lot, uh, through most of the uh, states. I know there are some states that have um, usurped the FDA by saying that, yes, this is legal. I think in Colorado is one of them. Um, but the FDA clearly stated the day that they passed um, that farm bill that you cannot do any type of edibles, any type of tinctures, any type of dietary supplements because we have not classified it yet. And until we come to that point, it is illegal to sell, period. Right, and then we had some confusion because if you guys have been following locally here, uh, Governor Holcomb signed a bill last year uh, legalizing CBD, and then there was confusion if that was actually legal, and then it went back and forth. Um, and then in this legislative session, we've actually had a bill. It's it's Senate Bill 516. Um, basically, it would legalize hemp farming in the state, but it could also make the CBD flower illegal. And the CBD flower has come under some scrutiny because uh, people are now being told by the police that you can be arrested for having this CBD flower because they've tested it and they say it comes back for uh, it's over a certain t uh, percentage and, and it's therefore illegal. So uh, have you guys run into this in other states? Is Indiana behind the curve? Uh, what do you guys think? I, I run into that every day as a retail store in Indiana. Uh -huh. CBD flower is one of our biggest sellers. And the response from the customers has been tremendous, not just in buying it, but in the actual effects that they get. And I'm across the street from our local police station, you know, so I kind of test the waters a little bit. <laughs> and I, I did have to talk to the chief of police and other people, and, and the state police have come to that decision that it's better just to, um, you know, just, just make, make hemp smokable flour potentially a, a, crim, a crime instead of figuring out how to test the difference between marijuana and hemp based on the THC limits. So, so I don't think that's a smart thing, but that's a decision that they have made to go within that bill, mm -hmm. which is going to harm a lot of people who've been consuming this product, you know, legally for over the last almost year now. Um, and so, so I, but, but the THC limits become an issue when they take testing, because if you look at testing on, on, the, on the streets, so this, the cop has a, 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 basically a, <clears throat> a yes or no test, it doesn't test THC levels, so it's always going to have a little THC in it on their field trials, so it's always a yes. I'm going through this right now in a big case where I had a, a load of, of hemp uh, confiscated traveling across the nation. And one of the THC limits came just a little over 0.3, right? And they're trying to figure out, is that a crime or not? Well, it's not a crime, right? There's no intent to do it. But those are the things you're, looking, you're dealing with. And so, so in the local situation where they don't know the difference between that flower and this, they most likely will take you to jail and make you fight to prove that that was CBD hemp, not mm -hmm. marijuana. Because it looks the same, you know? So as a state... Well, Indiana, it is the same. Well, it is the same. <laughs> right? it is exactly the same thing. It is the same. So uh, this is what I told the cops, too. They're like, you know, you can get arrested for selling a legend drug or something like a drug that looks like a drug I go well this is not one of those this is what we say it is and yeah. we're not selling this is something else my only issue with the flower is if you go and you look at the flower it's to me it's not safe like that that's a lot of it's not cured properly it, it looks like it's molded yeah. um, as as an extractor we won't even touch that product before as it comes into ours because that can contaminate all the other product uh, it's it's not safe for the consumer um, I think there's ways around that. I think, you know, if, if, if they want to take the flower 
I understand as, as a retail store that's, you know, and, and for, for the people, if, if it's helping them, there's still other ways that we can help them. Because if they're smoking flour, it's a combustible. Mm -hmm. um, we all know smoking and, and breathing in smoke is not good for us, right? So, I mean, if you take that factor into it, then if your goal is to help your health, that's not really helping your health in that aspect. Um, and I, but I do understand that, like, the, the, the CBD is there. It's going to carry through smoking. It might be more of an immediate effect. But there's other ways to do that, that you can do it, that it's more beneficial. Um, you'll have more effects, a longer effect, and, and maybe a safer uh, consumption because of how the flower is right now. It's, there's no standard to that flower right now. Like, and, and I heard in the last panel they were talking about uh, uh, packaging and, and standards to that. If you go through the state and you actually take a QR scanner out and you start scanning some of these packages that have the QR labels on them, half of them don't even come back to the same product that it's on. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so there, with that, I have a, we're opening up stores and we, we're going through and testing everything as we're getting it just to make sure that we put something out there that's, that's right for the people that are getting what they pay for. And to me, that's where there's a lack right now is there's nobody coming through. Yes, you have to have that QR code. What's it to, though? There's no follow-up to it. And we need to make sure that we're doing the follow-up for the, the end consumers because those are the people that are going to be really affected by it. Yeah, to add on that, I, I, I do agree with, you know, with the smokable flower portion. I mean, it, it's a plant. Any type of plant matter that you light on fire and combust, it's going to have carcinogens. It's going to have um, that smoke that comes into your body. Um, you know, even though there are studies of showing how, you know, different anti-cancer properties, quote unquote, right, sure. that they have will affect you to not have emphysema or these type of standards. Just like tobacco, it gives you that type of tar, it gives you that type of carcinogens when you smoke that plant matter. Um, and it's also a lot easier to dose when you're doing it through like a vaporizer. Um, you can do specific dose um, applications. And then when you light it on fire, not only are you, if you do it with a lighter, like most people do, it's intaking butane. So you're intaking butane in that product as well and it's not easily um, uh, dosed properly. So a lot, you don't know what you're actually, how much of that product of those cannabinoids you're putting into your body and what you're getting out of it because a lot of it gets burned up when you light it on fire. They say at a consumption rate, if you eat something, it's roughly about 77% consumption. If you smoke something, it's about 18% consumption. Right. So if you're at something where you're only gonna get you know, 3% CBD or 0.03% CBD, and then you've smoked it, and you're only going to get 18% of that, and you've taken in a bunch of smoke, it just, you know, smoke and mirrors more or less. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me go back to that real quick, though, because I, I'm not, the argument in Indiana is not about the health benefits of smoking. That's not why they're legalizing it. Right. It's because they can't tell the difference between CBD and THC, which is what we're talking about here. Right? No, I, I understand so, that, but yeah. it, at the same point, if we're trying to make progress, if they want the flour so that we can still have other products that are available, I feel like that's one of those things where you, you kind of got to work with them a little bit because if, for instance, I know an example where some state police went out and uh, they're at a hemp facility and at the hemp facility, they pulled out some of the, the hemp flour and they put it in an area for the dogs to see, to see if they would hit. Mm -hmm. They were all saying, no, the dogs aren't going to hit on it. They all, well, the dog hit on it. Well, and then the officer looks at the other guys and he's like, I don't know whether I'm supposed to reward the dog or punish the dog because it's well, now it's hitting on hemp and I'm not supposed to arrest somebody. So even even for you know people in Indiana Hoosiers, let's let's give them that flower 
because they consider it THC, it is marijuana by definition, and it's to me it's it's a small sacrifice to give in a big picture where we're trying to really like if if that's what they think is going to stop it let's show them that that's not what stops it you know what i mean that's to me it's i realize it's thc cbd but to them it's all thc yeah yeah and i mean it goes back to vaporizers they're taking that off too right in india right right yeah, so right. anything that you can inhale right yeah. smoke any sort of smokables absolutely and it's it's not that i agree with it it's where we're at Right. You know, and unfortunately, we're in Indiana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the state motto, I think. right? You know, um, <laughs> while we're here, <laughs> I think my last point, because uh, I, I think we should probably get back to the actual CV versus THC aspect right. of it, but sure. um, I really think this all comes down to the actual regulations of what classifies hemp. Because at a 0.3 percentage of THC, it's almost impossible to field test that amount of THC and it's just so negligible of an item which was actually brought on by Canada actually they're the ones that brought the classification of what hemp which should be at 0.3 percent which is very interesting why we copied them on that but mm -hmm. um, it can't it I don't know the direct history of it but it, it derived from uh, regulations that Canada produced uh, years back Based on bullshit, yes. There's no, there's no science or logic or rationale behind it. Yeah. I believe there's some myths out there and some stories of people who had a, a, a seed that was only 0.3, right? And so they got it certified, and then they got very rich after that, let's say. Right. right? You know? And so they had to go buy that seed from them. And, and there's also some other stories that had, wanted to hurt Eastern European hemp farming because they had higher quality, higher THC hemp. And mm -hmm. They had to go buy the seed from another, another country, you know? So there's other myths behind it and maybe some manipulation. Yep. Well, one thing that we ran into when we were reporting on this is people wondered if I, if I do CBD and it has some THC in it and I do enough of that, will it not come back uh, on a drug test or something? And, and the, the answer I got back was kind of unsatisfying. It was like, well, sometimes if you do enough and it's like, well, okay, I don't really know if I feel good about telling people that, but um, what, is, what is your guys' experience with that? Well, that's exactly why the isolate market is so huge, um, because the tea, the tea free, you know, without without THC products, um, you know, it negates the um, negates the fear of having THC in your body when you get drug tested and you get caught or whatever, um, even though it's a very negligible amount of THC. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of what goes in has to come out sort of theory. Like if you consume it, you're consuming it, and you're testing for it. Eventually, it's gonna pop. And a lot of times, I mean, we were talking about field tests. Unfortunately, field tests are just not what should be used right now, especially when you're putting somebody's freedom at, at risk. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that we were talking about uh, before is that there's 113 of these cannabinoids, and CBD and THC are just two of them. And it, there's even differences in these temperatures. We, we were talking about how they all have different temperatures that they can bust at or, or uh, if you eat it raw, uh, THCA and THC mm -hmm. or CBDA, do you guys want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so, so THCA and CBDA, um, they call it the acidic form of the molecule. Um, that comes from the actual live plant. So the only way that that acidic portion or the OH portion of the, uh, the molecule actually breaks off is with energy and that's through either decarboxylation of 
um, lighting on fire or by cooking it to a certain temperature rate that the energy breaks it off. And it's at a certain, I think we were having this discussion, Eric, I can't even remember what the boiling point is for it to break it off. It's, um, it, it varies yeah. for, for uh, each cannabinoid, but it's, it's somewhere around 200 C. Right. Um, and time has a lot to do with it too. It's not like if it, you know, it's all going to, there's some kinetics to it that, you know, you have to keep it there for at that temperature for a certain amount of time for it to be completed. Right. Um, but yeah, um, it, it needs to be, each cannabinoid is kind of a little bit, di little bit different. It needs to be heated for that carboxylate group to break off and then it becomes the active form for CBD and THC. Now, I think what Brad wanted to talk about was the acidic forms that the plant makes are also active in certain different ways. Right. Uh, for example, I mean, I think THCA has uh, been shown to treat some inflammatory bowel diseases like Crohn's and colitis. Yep. Same thing with uh, CBG. But again, those are in, not in human studies, those are in usually, I think the CBG study is in monkeys and some other studies are in mouse models. Um, but uh, I think it's a good, I, th I think it's a good enough reason to try if someone's got something so bad as Crohn's or colitis. Um, but then there's also CBDA, which you can talk about that. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, the beauty about the THCA is, uh, is that it's, it does provide a non-euphoric effect. It's once you actually take that OH molecule off, that acidic form off, is when it becomes, as, as Eric said, active. And that's when it affects the CB1 receptors in your brain to, make, to, to provide that euphoria. Um, so having it in that acidic portion, it helps with a lot of medicinal benefits without providing that high, which is a great aspect of doing it. Um, which a lot of <clears throat> companies out in California that I know are, are trying to isolate that from the live plant to provide a THCA uh, product. However, it's going to still, you know, tick on your scale of having THC. So regardless, it's... it's a know, lot of times the plants will get activated just from the sun. Right, so degradation. there'll be sm small amounts of THC uh, Delta 9 that are already activated before you've cut the plant down even. Mm -hmm. And I think, the, I think the approved analytical method that the uh, DEA and the government uses to measure these levels is a method called uh, gas chromatography, flame ionization, which by just the act of testing it uses heat. So it decarboxylates it all into uh, the corresponding neutral form. Uh, so, uh, there's no way to get around that uh, trying to use the acidic form at, and think, oh, well, it's not THC, it's THCA. Right. Uh, they, but most labs uh, use HPLC, which is, has, uses no heat because we want to know how much THCA is in it because, uh, say, you're a grower, you know. Um, your growing plant and you don't want to give results of THC because that might give an indication that it was stored improperly and it's old. So um, yeah, there's differences in analytical methods. Very different. Mm -hmm. 
I think because they don't want to get into this nuances of acidic versus nerd, because <clears throat> it takes the question out of it. Because if you test it by GC, you're going to convert everything into the neutral form. And that's the form they're worried about. Right. Because that's what it's going to end up being converted to during the manufacturing process anyway. Right. So, We. We equate it. There's an algorithm, right? Right. Any lab, accredited lab, um, will give you a total THC or total CBD value, and that is simply okay. So, uh, how do you? And okay, so percentages are uh, percent. Uh, THC or CBD for total weight of your sample. So, given that the carboxylate group is 12.5% of the total mass of the molecule, you multiply your THCA value by 0.877 and add that to your THC value, the neutral form, and you'll get total THC. That's what total THC mm -hmm. is. Same thing with total CBD. Uh, it's 0.877 times CBDA plus CBD. And you'll get that on your analytical report. Uh, well, uh, that leads perfectly into what I was going to do next. And I was going to ask if anyone had any questions. And it seems like we do. And go right ahead. <laughs> Which one is the health and wellness store? I think we both are. Yeah. Uh, we're opening one in Mooresville as well as one in Ingalls. I have one in Kokomo, Indiana right now. Kokomo, Indiana. Yeah, we're working with way down people. In Kokomo. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're working with people here. That there's, I know there's a bunch of people opening stores in Indiana in the next couple of months. There's probably 30 stores opening that I know of. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So who's uh, Spencer Wilson? That'd be me. <laughs> okay. You're the one that has it in Mooresville. Yes, ma'am. So if you don't have to worry about being drug tested, what's the best thing, the best product in Indiana that you could buy for um, Crohn's disease or uh, colitis or whatever? In Indiana, it's touchy because you're not supposed to say it's going to help with uh, an ailment because then the FDA steps in. Right. Um, you're, what are you I'm, supposed to say then? <laughs> you know, you, you might get help with, you might receive some relief. Uh, yeah, so this is when we really dive into the minutia of, of what classifies hemp and what classifies cannabis and whether you should have a medical cannabis card to, to receive proper dosage. Because um, it takes, a lot of these studies, they're doing a massive amount of milligrams of CBD or THC or these specific cannabinoids to treat those desired effects when it comes to like Crohn's disease or, or massive diseases that you're trying to take care of. A hundred milligram substance is not going to take care of Crohn's disease. You know, you need a lot higher of a dosage to, to take care of that process, which then that gets into the medical realm. 
And that's really what the biggest issue is for, for hemp. You're really treating hemp as a nutraceutical when you, when you really look at it on the basis. So you can't make any FDA claims. You can't say that it's going to help anything. You can't make any type of, uh, you can't have anybody do any, um, uh, what the hell is that called? Um, like testimonials. You can't do anything like that. Um, it's just, it's just going to get you it's flagged by the FDA right and now, it's going to yeah. get you shut down <laughs> immediately. So people with cancer in Indiana, I'd tell them to go to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell them to get a medical card. Well, the they, great they, thing about Michigan now is, you know, it's, it's wrecked. So you can be 21, and if you can find somebody, you can't go to a dispensary in Michigan and buy anything, but you can go to somebody else who's 21, and they can provide you some medicine. Right. Yeah, they can, they can gift it to you. They're, you're allowed right. to gift up to two and a half ounces per day in Michigan. Wow. I think it's the same thing as D.C. too. Washington, D.C. has the same aspect too. Mm -hmm. So I have a question about like the tinctures and mm -hmm. everything. Like how are those like, still like illegal in some states? By definition, they, they are, are illegal. Illegal? F federally, they're illegal. So um, recent um, experience, I live in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and they, some gas stations, they do sell them. Yep. Is that... Could they like get arrested for that, or is that just they, they they'll just have get their, their product confiscated? Product yeah. confiscated. Yep. Oh, and then like a hefty fine. I take it to. It, it just likely. depends. On, yeah, it depends on the city. Okay. You know, what I mean, it depends on the local ordinance. Depends on. Gotcha. So you, uh, I know. I think it was last year or two years ago. You, some you, state you police went into fresh time here in, in Greenwood and, and yeah. took product off the shelf. Nobody got in trouble, but. You know what I mean? They can do uh, yeah, If they want yeah. to, they can do it. Yeah, understandable. That was, that was the best Thank thing you. that happened in Indiana, though, yeah. for that to happen. That's what made the Indiana come up with a state law to protect CBD. So we're actually legal in Indiana to sell yeah, that stuff. Yeah, because I'm from Wisconsin, and then the business that I'm going to be partnering with is in Minnesota, so that's why I was like, kind of like I've been seeing how does in that? Wisconsin CBD gummies in gas stations. Yeah, same yeah, here. That's, that's, that's exactly what like, yeah. I was going to get at. Like, I, the I've biggest the issue with those, I've man, is just... I've seen the gummies. I've seen like, the cartridges with like, the, you know, the oils or whatever. Like, I've seen it all in you know, stores, like small gas stations to um, like your local smoke shops. You know? Yeah, corner stores and all yep. that stuff. Yep. Unfortunately, a lot of those places are just trying to make money. So yeah, you, exactly. you got to make this, sure this, that this there's a standard to the product. Exactly where yeah. I got it from. But also, for instance, this um, local business, <coughs> Smoke Celeste in La Crosse, Wisconsin, they sell like the tinctures and everything. Mm -hmm. And that's right. like a well-known like, you know, store in, in where, where I'm from. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's just it, pretty much... To them, it's profit, you know yeah. what I mean? But okay, it's okay. somebody who's, who's focusing or trying to learn that stuff, they're... They're more gonna do more than just you know, more money aspect. They're gonna well, they're gonna they're gonna invest into furthering other people's education rather than just putting a spot on their shelf. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. In all reality, it's they're um, they're just keeping the products on the shelves until they tell them no or until they take them off. Gotcha. Like they really don't care. They're just in it for the money. Mm -hmm. it, it's like it, it's just like them selling candy bars. You know what I mean? They're not good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do we have another question? Yeah, I think so. Back there. Also, the, um, the law is in the state house here. That's going to ban all vapable forms of smokeable. CBD. Smokable. Smokable, yeah. Or I thought it was also like vape pens and cartridges, too. So, so that's considered smoking. Smokable. Yeah. Oh. Vape, okay, so. Like anything that you would draw into your lungs right. to consume, that's all smokable. Right. Mm -hmm. And what's the rationale behind that? It's only because it's, they can't tell the difference between THC them. and... And the marijuana. You know, yep. I okay. I mean, I understand the I understand the problem with uh, the flower, but 
I mean, can't you know with a? No, I, I definitely disagree with the the vaping aspect because you can make uh, isolate vapes right. that exactly. are completely tea no, free. yeah, tea free, uh, non detraceable, um, none detected. Like I've right. got test results that we've done in Michigan where it's zero THC. I mean, by trace, you know. I mean, you can only test to a, a small enough number. Right. Um, Is it that? just like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can test to the thousandth. Um, if you can find a, a lab that's doing that, that's where you want to go to typically. Anybody else, it's you start if, messing with your variables and then you're messing with the end consumer again. If you're trying to make a CBD distillate vape pen, however, you're now you're probably running into high levels of THC. Yep. Um, yeah. It's you know you're concentrating during the extraction and uh, uh, refinement process, you're concentrating all the cannabinoids. So let's say your hemp starts out at uh, 8%, and that was say, a quarter of a percent THC. Now you've taken it to distillate, which is 80%. That's a factor of 10. And so also your THC has gone up to about 2.5%, for example. Yeah, I've seen it as high as 4.5% in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to you're gonna put that into a vape pen, and I think the police know test. that they that's uh, that's something they should probably look for. That's they've been educated that that's where the hot uh, distillate is going into. Um, and and distillate's definitely hard to tell the difference. You can't look at it and say this is this and this is that. That's that's your key yeah, point sure. right there for the state right. police. I and mean, I've been talking to these guys on a regular basis, you know, the last couple of weeks. And that's just they can't tell the difference when they pull you over. And they mm -hmm. want to make it easy on themselves. I disagree with this because I believe in freedom, you know, and I don't believe right. that, that you should be making people criminals for something that's been legal for the last year. And we should be going the other the other way, figuring out how to make the the rest of it legal, you know, for for our people. But instead, they're they're doing this. So I would advise you to contact your state police, your state police, and your state senators and Congress people if you don't agree with this, and talk to them and educate them because that's all it takes. It's either I hate to say it, it's either laziness or, or negligence to to not want to help us and to do this to us. You know? It's both. I call it voluntary ignorance. I feel like Indiana is full of it. It's you can show them the facts and they choose not to listen. By the way, the authors of Senate Bill 516 are Senator Randy Head, Blake Dory, D-O-R-I-O-T, and Senator Chip Perfect, and I would encourage you to let them know your thoughts about that, because <laughs> they're the ones. <laughs> um, is there any other questions? Yes. So I was wondering, like, when you were talking about vaping How would that work when, say, like, I don't even know what the laws are in Kentucky, <clears throat> excuse me, but if it's illegal in Kentucky and then you're driving across state lines, then would the, you could get arrested for that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this guy's a perfect example of that. Most definitely. Yeah. And this also goes with medical cannabis, too. The answer mm -hmm. is, is, is based on the wow. state, potentially, yes. You know, we, yeah, based on state. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, so that's the issue. Is even though the Farm state. Bill supposedly gave us protection to transport across state lines, I don't think it really gives you as much, much protection if you're a, an individual consumer trying and you're using the product inside their state lines. 
you know, maybe if you could prove that the packaging didn't get open and you were trying to get through to, to the next state or something maybe, but that's how we could do it commercially for shipping. But right. it's a mess right now. This, this kind of network of state by state is, 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 is hurting the industry and is hurting entrepreneurs, but it's also protecting other industries. So it all depends on how you look at it. You know, yeah. We really need national standards. And I think people mentioned this a few times. So for our industry to really take off and, and, and to become national or internationally recognized, we're going to have to have those FDA and GMP standards in place. We're going to have to have a difference, even across from the gas station to the small retail store, to the, to the malls, to the grocery stores. They're all going to sell CBD soon. Uh, so we, but we need that as a consumer because if not, I sell 20 different brands and each one is different if you test them. And then if I test it, each batch is different, right? So it's not something that the consumer can rely on yet, even if the best companies are still hard to have consistency. So then the same will be true then for like anything edible. So if it's legal in one state, yeah, then yeah, you're, it's, you're absolutely. Going. So it's like a firearm, right? Just yeah. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah. I mean, you can travel with with Maybe. cannabis and, with a medical with a medical card and go into another state, and they can still arrest you because they think it's illegal, even though you are medical in every, that other yeah. state. They don't care. They'll every, arrest you. Every state period. governs themselves. So yeah. Which, when you come into their state, it's based off of what their laws are, right? Yeah. So, so the same is for using. So if I use it in Kentucky and get put in the same thing, uh, unfortunately, yep. yeah, it's it's really confusing right now. There's only some caveats where like certain states actually accept medical cards from other states, and that's very very few and far between. And Michigan will accept like sixteen or seventeen other states, right? But they have to accept ours too in order for that to happen. So it's again, it's one of those things where. I think they recognize that the tax money's there. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, Michigan did 42 million in the first two months just on tax money this year. So yeah, I mean, really, it's just diving into the minutia of it and just being cognizant of what's going on, um, and just still knowing that there's still a lot of stigma. There's not any federal legalization standards. There's no regulatory standards. There's really nothing. It's still a wild, wild west. So that leaves consumers. And and sellers vulnerable, correct? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So stick with your state right now. Don't try to go outside of it. Is basically what the answer is. And then if you're trying to ship the product, uh, fortunately there are uh, even though um, they can, they still can confiscate uh, ship products per the 2018 Farm Bill. You can ship or distribute products legally. Uh, no matter what state, it, and that's but that's where it also gets into the field testing. Okay, what exactly? What exactly are you tra are you traveling with? Is it is it cannabis or is it hemp? And they still are utilizing that to still arrest people, as as we have over here at the end of the panel. Why he's having an issue with confiscation of hemp and and the illegal and the illegalities of it. Right. So it's. Um, Tell you a funny story about. I mean, worst yeah. story about. They arrested four people and tried to make them, you know, criminals for 15 years to life, over 0.1 percent THC. Yep. I mean, there's something wrong with the world there today. Uh, well, I'd rather not say yet because we're still in the case. But um, <laughs> no, we're, we're, what's that? Just, just, just Google it. Yeah, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just tell you, Oklahoma, you know, so I'll just, well, I don't care, so, but Idaho was worse, so I, a couple weeks after my my shipment got, got confiscated, they, they confiscated one in Idaho, and that state has a zero THC law, so not even 0 0.3, so so that person most likely will do time. Ours will be a civil case, because because Oklahoma does have a, a so back to the THC thing, which would be smart for anybody here who wants to be a farmer to learn, 
in your state. So if you are a farmer and you're going through, so 0.3 is your thing, let's say you have a plant that runs 0.5%, up to say 0.9%, are you a criminal? Did you grow marijuana? Well, no, you didn't, right? And a lot of states will have a carve out that as long as it's under 1%, it's a civil case, not a criminal issue. And so our, I think one of our strains would have tested 0.5%, right? So, so that would have been the highest one. Um, and, and so that came back, and so that, that's still not a crime. That's a civil penalty you know, issue. If that burned the hemp, and let's move on, you know, if there's any issue there. But, but again, that was not, the, it's not a matter of testing, you know, it changes, it ages. It's not the same, it's not static. Again, the standards don't make sense. But, but that's the kind of case we're in now, and that's the kind of lunacy we have to deal with state by state network, you know. So again, if you take it from one state that's legal to another state that's legal, even in a state that's legal, they still arrest us, right? Um, because they, they just saw money, you know, when they saw the amount and the size of the, that was there, right? So I think Ohio treats CBD like THC right now. So if you were to go into Ohio and you don't have a med card and you've got CBD on you, I, th I think that's a potential criminal case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and really at the end of the day, you know, cannabis has been around for centuries. Ever. Forever, basically. It's, it's the, it was the first <laughs> cultivated crop. Ever. So it's the most research plant in history. You right. They say we need to do more research. Yeah. I mean that that's always my favorite one. Is there another well, plant yeah. that like interacts with our body as much as cannabis does? Absolutely not. Yeah. So it's uh, there, but there's still a lot of research that needs to be delved into, especially between the differences of THC CBD. Where you know even recently they just did a they just did a study where they showed THC is is more is more beneficial than CBD is. Yeah. Um, so it's. It goes back and forth, and there's a lot of studies that still need to be done. But the problem is, is since we're still delving into, once again, the minutia of cannabis itself, it's helping open up regulators to say, hey, we can still arrest people for whatever the hell we want to do. So There's a lot um, of money in private prisons. <laughs> case in point right there. Um, there's a lot of money prisons. in private, pri private prisons. Yeah. Indiana's like top three in the nation yeah. for private prisons. Yep. Yep. Yeah, something we don't like to talk about much in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we put our pigs in prisons and our people, too. Yeah. I, think, that, I yeah. think going back to her point, she asked, and I don't, I don't know if you got the clarification on it, you're wanting to know what's better in general for you. Uh, I, th I think that, you know, you can look at it as um, you have CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors, and you can only stimulate part of them with part of it. So if you have all of it, you can stimulate all of them. Does that make sense? So under that you know, statement, you'd, a full spectrum is better than a broad spectrum because you're only going to hit part of it with a broad spectrum or a full spectrum, you're getting the full results. Does that make sense? Which is what delves into the entourage effect. Yep. Which is a panel I'll be moderating tomorrow at 1230. <laughs> Come check it out. What is, what is full spectrum? So, so when, you're, uh, when we were talking about extracting the plant, uh, when you have full spectrum, you're taking all of the plant and, and keeping it in a component where you're not separating the components, um, where it's, so it's full, and, and by law, you'd probably just have to dilute it to some sort as a processor, um, where the, the broad spectrum, the reason they call it a broad spectrum is because the tests can't get small enough results to show that there's still minute traces of the other spectrums in it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's an isolated component. So like if you've ever heard of like isolated protein, whey protein, it's the purest form of whey protein you can get. So they do the same thing with CBD. You've got an isolated CBD product. It's the purest form of CBD you can get, 
but it's broad spectrum still because of the fact there's small components in there that you're not able to test for. There's small components that we don't even know about yet. I think that I think we said there's 113 earlier, but I think I think now it's up to over 200 cannabinoids, and so it's wow. it's we're just continuing to learn about it and continuing right. to learn. The more that they will regulate it and put stipulations on it and do follow-ups. Like, uh, I know we were talking about the farmers. I know in Kentucky an issue is a farmer can go out and test their product and say that they're going to harvest in two weeks. Well, they might not harvest in two weeks and there's no follow-up. To me, to me, that's an issue. Like, you're, you're creating an issue for the extractors. You're creating another issue for the end consumers because if you say you're, you're going to harvest in two weeks and you've let it go past that point, more than likely you're worried about your THC levels and you're worried that you're gonna go over that certain threshold. So you tell them I'm gonna harvest in two weeks, they come out, they check it, okay, you're good to go in two weeks. Well, if you let it go past that point and you've kept growing, you're gonna get really high CBD, but you're also gonna get higher THC. Yeah, I think a lot of that is a contract farmer can be solved in our contracts with the farms, and that's doing the THC management good. of those farms, You know, making sure that they harvest. We'll go in and do the testing, we'll go in and you know, hold their hands a little bit, because the farmers really don't know yet and they rely a lot on extension agents, and extension agents don't even know yet. Yep. You know? So we've got to go in and play that role in the beginning and help them get through that. So you're saying with a full spectrum, then it would probably have greater than 0.3% THC. <clears throat> no, by, by law, it cannot if it's a CBD product. So okay. full spectrum is, full spectrum has all of the cannabinoids and terpenes all of them. that are represented in the, the flower itself. At a legal level. <laughs> at Ill, illegal level. Yep. Right. Well, it would, no, it, well, it would be full when spectrum you make it, but then you could, you yeah, could do you THC radiation. As it's extracted, it but would be illegal. But then you're still hurting the terpenes and hurting things. The solvents that we use to extract are non-selective, which means you can't just extract CBD because they're very similar in properties, physical properties. So whether you're using carbon dioxide, ethanol, or butane, you're going to extract CBD, THC, CBG, terpenes, and this is the full spectrum, okay, because it has that entourage effect. And medically, it's probably the best. However, legally, you cannot sell or uh, move full-spectrum oil because it has more than 0.3%. We can take out THC in processing. Um, we can do chromatography and just remove the THC. Now it's called broad-spectrum because it, though it doesn't, it's not an isolate, it has a, a broad-spectrum, not the full one. Further, we can isolate the CBD entirely and take everything out. Now there's no entourage effect, okay? It's just crystalline 99.5 or greater percent CBD. Now you won't have any entourage, but you won't have any legal problems either. Well, of course, it's all illegal in the end, but um, there's not gonna be any THC in there. So um, it's the safest option for you to buy legally and possess legally is uh, products made out of isolate. Right. It just has CBD. Now, effectiveness, you want broad spectrum is a compromise between legality and effectiveness. Full spectrum is most likely, well, it is illegal in this state. 
and in um, anything, any well, state as as it, that as is as long as it's point zero three, it's technically legal here. Right, but how do you? Okay, how do you get a, a concentrate that's um, less than 0.3% uh, THC? Right. Well, that goes back to why I like it. the flower, though, because that's the truly only way to get the full spectrum in our customers right now in Indiana. That may change, but that's, yeah. the, that's the only true You're way saying, to get... Say that again. The flower, right? The smokable flower that they're trying to make illegal. I'm saying at least let us put it in tea or do something. Let people process it themselves. Don't just ban it. Right, if they, because it's the most efficient way to get the full spectrum into our customers today. And, and, and so that's why it's important to me to keep it on the market. Eventually we'll get to the full spectrum, all that stuff, but, but the THC spikes when you concentrate and that's what they're trying to get to. And the entourage effect that he mentioned, I don't know if everybody knows what that means, basically means that, that, that CBD works better with the presence of the, all those other cannabinoids and all that other spectrum, which is why full spectrum is better than broad or isolated. Right, also, Likewise, THC works better with it, the other components. And it, it would be, it, if it were as simple as a synergy, we would just call it synergy. But it's different, it's modulation. And that's, that goes in, now you're getting into the effect of terpenes and the classical argument of indica versus sativa. Right. That has entirely to do with uh, terpenes and maybe a little bit with minor cannabinoids um, and that is it's saying it, it's an entourage effect not because one is better than the other because synergy is the it kind of has a connotation that it's always better no we're just saying that it's different it gives you energy you might not want energy you might want uh, you know you want to you want to sleep okay so you can have this entourage effect um, that is neither positive nor negative, it's just kind of what you're looking for.